Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Ball Blab Podcast. My name is Jason Stolakis, and we have a very special guest, second time returning, Derek McGuire. Um, he what doesn't he do? So, Derek, welcome back. Uh, it's amazing to be back. Uh, laptop problems and all, but believe we uh, make it through this without any technical difficulties. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, yeah, it's currently thundering where I am too. So that's not going to help um, either of us. So this is the first take. And yeah, let's get started. So um, I don't know how much you want to talk socks, um, but I think this is more of a special episode because we're going to talk about funny players on baseball reference. I think that's the whole goal of this video, this podcast. Um, for those of you who don't really know any context, uh, we did a Twitter space one night and we were just laughing for hours with guys <laughs> with guys we looked up on baseball reference and we definitely needed to make an episode. So you were saying something before? Um yeah, no, I, I what's one it's really uh I we were there on that Twitter space for a few hours, so it was definitely need to be put into podcast form one and then so I do have a we will talk a little bit of socks. I do have some stuff. Um because obviously I obviously if you guys follow my Twitter and the amount of stuff I tweet out, that's stuff that I do. Like I'm on three different podcasts. Uh so like there's just so much stuff. I'm talking about socks all the time. So we'll probably cover a little bit of red socks. Uh, might want to get it out of the way though before they maybe disappoint us. We'll see. Yeah, this is an instance where I almost went to a, to the game, but then I just I saw who's starting today, Caleb Ort, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I want to go oh, anymore. His last start went pretty well though. Somehow, I was at it, wasn't it? Wait, was it on the road or was it at? It was in the New York was game. That Fenway. Yeah, yeah, I was at that. Game. I was at that game. Yeah, it, it rained out. It rained out. And the first thing I texted you was like, "Well, they probably know I'm going to the game." <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he went through one time through the order was pretty solid, other than giving up the home run to Torres, which was the only runs they could manage to score in the whole game. That offense, that Yankee offense, is putrid. It's awful. Um, Without Judge, it definitely is. Yeah. But enough about the Yankees. Who cares about them anyways? Exactly. This is a Red Sox show. So um, the Sox are what? 500? 40 and 40? Yep. Um, yep. As of recording, yes. As of recording. So when it gets out, they'll be either above or below 500. Um, you know, let's talk about deadline stuff um, quickly. And then, then we'll get to the good stuff. Uh, do you, I think they should. I personally think they should sell, but... Do you think they should keep the two-year guys, or do you think they should at least listen on offers from like the two-year guys like Justin Turner or Kenley Jansen and Clearhouse, so to speak? I think you'd be dumb to not at least listen to offers on the two-year guys. I think you're looking, though, at this point with guys like Kenley Jansen, if he can be like your, your closer, which he's shown he can be this year, like he's too valuable, I think, to trade if you do plan on having him next year. And you do plan on being competitive, which I do believe the Red Sox do next year. Um, I, I think they have to do a mix of buying and selling. And I know it's like the kind of cliche answer, like the, the answer no one wants to hear. But it's this, it's what they need to do. Like they need to sell their one year. I think they're going to be in a point where 
trade your James Paxton, trade your, you know, Adam Duvall, guys like that, maybe a TK if you can, you're going to have to eat money on him, but you might be able to get something back because you're eating money on him because a contender might want him versatility wise, right? Justin Turner um, is a potential option to get traded just because he does have a player option. So it's not necessarily a guarantee he'll stay. Um, so he's a uh, kind of up in the air guy for me. For me, it just depends on what you get for him. Uh, but that is a big buyout. It's like a seven million buyout, or like I think it's an almost seven million dollar buyout. Um, so it's a very big buyout. So I don't know. Maybe they just try and keep him and hope he stays. But like I think when you're talking about buying, I think need buy guys who are guys who I they need to buy guys who are going to be around for next year. So. Not like they did last year they where they kind of bought like brought in a Tommy Pham. Not someone like that. You go and you bring in a guy. A guy brought up a name, Aaron Bummer. Like, he's having a rougher year this year. Look good against the Red Sox. What do you know? Um, he's having a rougher, year, a rougher year this year. His FIP is still fine, but his ERA is skyrocketed. But overall, you look at the last four years, uh, not including this year, He's been a very serviceable, very, very good setup lefty in the bullpen for the White Sox. The White Sox are seemingly going to have a fire sale. That's a guy maybe go and grab, right? Someone like that who is going to be under team control. And the Red Sox, when you look at their team towards next year, which we'll probably get into in a little bit at some point, uh, you know, you look at lefties in the bullpen and there's, there's no real proven option. And I think you get a guy like a bummer. He's a proven option. He's under contract through 2026. Now that includes team options. There are two years of team options in 25 and 26, uh, but he'll definitely be there for 24. And then you have the team options, so you can keep him if you if he's pitch as well. And if not, you can cut bait after 2024. Uh, so I think that's kind of those are kind of guys you need to buy on guys who have a year at least one year after this year remaining on their deals. You know, maybe you see like a big leaguer for big leaguer deal, maybe. Um, a guy like it, maybe you flip a Paxton for, you know, maybe a middle infielder or an outfielder or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe not an outfielder. I think you're more likely big league trade is like you trade Duvall for a pitcher. You bring in an arm for Duvall. I think that's probably more likely. Um, and more likely to be a little bit of a, and more likely to be like a bullpen arm who maybe younger and not super important to the team trading for a guy like Duvall. Uh, but could be good in a, in a year or two. Um, that's the kind of big, and by big leaguer, I don't mean like you're not if you're trading Duvall to a contender, you're not going to trade Duvall for the other team's setup man. But like, get a guy who's maybe the back end of that bullpen who's got team control, and maybe you see some things that you like about them, maybe a couple things you want to change, um, and go and go after it, right? And then maybe also bring in a prospect or whatever, or bring in prospects who are close to the big leagues. That kind of stuff. I think that those that's how they buy at this deadline while still selling. Don't go and buy like they did last year when you got Tommy Fam. Like you don't need a Tommy Fam type guy. Now, if you're getting someone like now the Tommy Fam trade overall, like you got him for a player to be named later, it's nothing really. Um, but they're they're gonna try and stay under the luxury tax. And last year that Fam deal was a decent chunk of the reason why. They were over the luxury tax. They were over by I think like eight million or something, and Fam's deal is like five or six million. That's a big reason you're over the luxury tax last year. Now, obviously, you know they're gonna stay under this year, so it somewhat limits what they're buying. But if you're buying guys who are still under team control, 
and uh, was preferably a little bit younger, um, they're not going to be expensive anyways. So I think that's kind of what you look to do at the deadline. Yeah, I, I personally am like, no rentals. No, they shouldn't do that. Maybe like, a pl- like I don't know, a change of scenery guy who has years of control. Like that's it though. You want to build for twenty twenty four. You want to sell the one year pieces. And like you said early on, like you you absolutely listen to get the two year guys like Jansen. But I think you you were telling me before in like one of the spaces we did, like unless the offer is like really 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 good, then just hang up the phone, right? Um, they don't want to, they want to, they got to be smart on how they do this. They don't want to, it's really, it's really going to depend where they are too. Cause if they have an absolute implosion, uh, between now and August 1st, then no question you, you might, you might move a Justin Turner. You might move a Kenley Jansen. I have a hard time thinking they will move those two. Chris Martin, Chris Martin. Right, but they've been the leaders of this reamped vol- bullpen. It's been much better, right? I think you're more likely to see Martin than Jansen if one of them goes. Really? That's Just actually because Jansen's because because they do want to win next year. I I truly believe that because next year is when the young prospects that they've been building for since Heim Bloom came in. That's when they really like Nick York's MLB ETA is 2024. So is Marcelo Meyer, right? Like these. The guys are going to start to come next year, right? And they want to have the core around them. And you don't just find closers anywhere. And I think that's the thing. You can get yourself a decent, pretty solid setup, man. Oh, yeah. Good luck finding exactly. an elite closer. And I think that's the thing. Yes, Kenley could get you more in the trade market. But at the same time, he's also valuable to you. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And I forget what. But and the other side of things I was going to say, if you do go on that a winning streak, Oh god, the game's down. There we go. If you do, if you do go on a winning streak between now and August first, then you you might have to be concrete buyers because you're back in it. If you hold a a wild card spot by a couple of games, then you probably have to go get it. You got to go get a piece. And what is that piece? Yeah. Probably not a bat. I have a hard time thinking they're going to go and get a bat because Trevor Story is coming back. That's what Heimblum's like. Oh, we don't have to pay it's anything, and we're going to sell though. They could still use a middle infielder, but like nothing like not really an impact player. If they're getting an impact player, I think it's a starter, like a Dylan Cease or I, I like I said, no rental. I don't even so. think they aim that high. I think I think if they're buying, you're likely to see something closer to 2021 where you get a guy like a Schwarber on the cheap. And yes, he's a rental, but a lot cheaper for the production you're going to get from him, hopefully down the stretch. And then you bring in a couple supporting pieces like they did with Hansel Robles. And I forget who the other reliever they traded for was. Fudge Davis. Austin Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah Austin Davis. But, like, the, both of those guys, Robles and Davis, both had, like, decent little runs in 21, right? Like, they weren't, especially Hansel Robles. When he got hot at the end of the year, like, he was really good, right? I think that's kind of what you're looking for. Just, like, if they do buy, it doesn't, it can be, I think if they're going to, if they go on a winning streak, I wouldn't necessarily go no rentals just because it, it just depends on the price, right? And the Red Sox, if you're buying a rental, you have to be trading from the strength of your farm system, which means trading from middle infield or the potentially like mostly middle infield. You could even make an argument a little bit for corner infield, but it's mostly you're trading from middle infield. 
Um, because especially to after the draft is where we'll really see if they take another middle infielder in the first round this year or in the second round. Like now that's an even bigger strength of your farm system. You have got you have guys where you can move. And I think that's the big thing to watch. Yeah, all the mock drafts I've seen have them taking like shortstops out of high school or shortstops out of college, right? Um, Which I'm I think not necessarily in that boat. You know more than me about it. I was going to pivot there, but one more point before I kind of pivot to that point. Um, you know, you're, you're very left-handed in the future. You probably know that. Um, a, a lot of your future, and I wrote this in my article for Beyond the Monster, like next year, who's on the books? Yoshida, Duran, Verdugo before an extension. That's a whole left-handed outfield, right? Then Devers, Cassis, um, and then Story, a sec, uh, a vacant second base spot. But if it's going to be Valdez or someone else, that's a he's a lefty. You're looking at Nick York long term, though. Nick York long term, and then but Marcelo Mayer long term. Marcelo Mayer's a lefty. He's a he's lefty. A lefty. Yeah. yeah. Although I think Duran probably ends up in a platoon with Rob Ruff Snyder. I think. Oh, that's yeah. likely. Yeah. Oh my yeah, phone they extended... Um. They extended Ref Snyder. I think that's probably the likely scenario. Yeah, it's a one-year extension, but who knows? Uh, I'm just muting my mic. They don't really have a DH. Yeah, they don't really have a DH though. Like, so before we started, I wrote down like the Red Sox if what their roster would be in 2024 without outside additions. You have your two catchers in Connor Wong and Reese McGuire. If you choose to stick with the two of them, I think. There's a potential chance they don't stick with Reese McGuire. Maybe they look for a better backup catcher. Um, but at the very least, we know as of, as of right now, they do have two catchers. We have Costas at first base. At second base, we have Arroyo and Emmanuel Valdez. I'm not counting Nick York yet because he hasn't played in the big leagues yet. So that's I'm kind of sticking to guys who have really played in the big leagues, um, even if it's only like two games. Rafael Devers at third. Yeah, Trevor Story at short. Also, David Hamilton played a couple games in the big leagues. He'll still be in the system, um, unless he gets obviously unless he gets traded. I don't see him getting traded. Um, you have Yoshida in left. I have a Duran left center platoon in center, and I have Verdugo in right. Justin Turner could be a DH option, but he has a player option. Does that get accepted? I probably lean towards no, because it's a. Like, I think it's a $6.7 million option. He's going to make $13.4 million next year if he opts in. So for Justin Richardson's turns point side, he's going to get $6.7 million from the Red Sox regardless. If he opts out and were to go somewhere else, and another team's going to give him $10 million for one year, you take the $6.7 plus 10, that's $16.7. That's more than $13.4, right? So that's, you know, and I think that's the thing with uh with that with Justin Turner is I don't necessarily know if he stays. Now maybe he's just a lawyer guy and he stays, but even if he stays, like kind of clogs with a DH spot. I don't know if I'm in love with it. Um they do kind of need someone in the DH spot who can play first and third, but is Justin Turner the greatest option in the world, especially because he's gonna be 39 next year and his ability to play third base is going to continue to decline. It was never great in the first place and him playing first base is it like an almost it's not a non-starter for me, but I don't like the idea of it. He's starting tonight. Um, yeah, I know. 
Um, I don't love that. But it's like it puts them in a very weird spot. But like you look at the free agent class for position players, like it's not a good one at all. And you most likely have to trade for someone. But like now we're talking like how many DHs are there? Like, you're not just going to trade for a DH. Like, there's only so many good DHs that I want to trade for, right? So, it is kind of limited. Unless the plan is, like, maybe Emmanuel Valdez DHs because they don't like his defense. But now you're playing a lefty, right? And he could still platoon. They could go get a platoon option for him, maybe. But, like, it's... And then it's a Royal Everyday second base. Then maybe David Hamilton's platooning with him. Um, and then kind of mm-hmm. until Nick York comes up, uh, much who knows he could maybe even make the opening day roster depending on when he gets called up to AAA this year. Um, although I still think it'll be a little bit until he gets called up to AAA. And but if he doesn't call up to AAA at some point this year, plays a month or so in AAA and is really good, and then comes in next year with really good spring training. I mean, you never know, right? But I think when you look at this team, like a lot of lefties. There is a hole at the DH spot, or if you want to put Yoshida at DH, you could fill an outfield spot, but it goes back to the free agent class. Unless you're bringing in, you're, I honestly think your best free agent option position player-wise this year, what, is Chap, is Matt Chapman a free agent this year? No. Like, that, that doesn't solve your problem, because he's not already next year. Matt he doesn't Chapman. solve your problems anyways. He doesn't, he doesn't no. solve your problems anyways. Because like, he's a good he's a good a... plus defender. He's I, I I like his defense at third. I'm gonna start him every day. But I have Rafi Devers right now, who I signed to a big ass exactly. extension. So Exactly. Um, like you maybe your best option is like putting Yoshida at DH and getting an outfielder, but like what are the outfield options? Like they're like they're like I think the best outfield option could legitimately be Lee Jung-Hoo, and he's playing in the KBO right now. He's not even playing in the big leagues. And he's the reigning KBO MVP. Favorite get a baseball. Are we taking another chance on a foreign outfielder when we also want to get a foreign pitcher and, like, in, in Yamamoto and, like, how many guys are we going up? I think it gets a little bit to a point of probably not. But, well, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, I don't know... Like out the out the the free agent class for pitchers just it's not there. I mean for position player position players, it's just not there. Yeah. Chapman is a free agent next offseason. Yeah, but like I said, just like Cody Ballinger could solve your problems, but are we really going to go well with Cody Ballinger? Regardless of whether he gets righty or lefty though, are we really gonna go to that well in nah. terms of like injuries? Like, yes, he's having a bounce back year, but like injuries again and how long can he keep it up for and what kind of money is he going to look for because he does have the reputation of being a former MVP like I don't know if I want to touch that especially considering what it could cost I I almost went as far as to say do they move or do go I I personally don't think they do because they want to justify the Mookie Betts trade a little bit more because I mean look I don't think it's that he's been their best player this year he's also yeah he's also been your best player this year by far um, and it would make the bets trade sour, right? Because I mean, it is the Tampa Bay Rays thing to do to trade guys while they're arbitration eligible and get guys with years in control who are kind of under the radar who can develop into stars, wash, rinse, repeat, right? But I don't know. I, I say he doesn't, 
Um, did they give him an extension this offseason? Not when you're the Red Sox, though. Yeah. I think they give him an extension. I, I, I said yes in the piece I wrote today. I'm like, yes, they do. Yeah. Like, what's the holdup? I'm like, well, the Sox are very left-handed. And I think I think they got to do that this in the trade deadline, get some le- right-handed, um, whether it be role players or just ball players. I don't know if they'll get ball players, but yeah. you just got to get some sort of right-handed bat. And Pablo Reyes has done a good job with that. Uh, I think he has years of control. He just doesn't have options, right? Um, uh, I'm watching Intentional Talk right now on MLB Network, and the Red Sox record in 2022 when Kevin Millar was doing the broadcast was 19-1. and This year, it's 1-7. and You're kidding. Like, <laughs> how the heck did they get that stat, man? That's awesome. I have no clue. That's awesome. I'm looking at the... I will tell you the look at I want I'll read you through some of the outfield options and I'll only pick the best names out of the bunch. I'm not even gonna na- read off every name. Michael Brantley. Nah. I'm talking free agents next year. No, yeah. it's 37. And I don't even know if he's played this year. Mark Canna. And he has a club option that's gonna get bought out most likely. Adam Duvall. Jeez. If you trade him at the deadline, he's not coming back. I don't see it. Lord is Guriel Jr. There is a potential option. That might be your best option, though. Um, although he's probably be aging. All right, let's look. Um, Lourdes Gurriel is pretty good. Peterson. Yeah, he's done really good this year. But at the same time, like you're looking at him as a DH probably only. Mostly. Um, all right, Jock Peterson. Like, that's your next. Like, no. Um, not that he's bad, but no. Also, another lefty. Um, let's see. Uh, AJ Pollock. No, thank you. Um, Jerickson Profar has not been good this year. Not that, but not that good. I think he's got like a negative one war. He's and he played left field, and he's not good defensively, which is the same problem you kind of have with Yoshida. Well, so it's not. I'd say Yoshida. Yoshida just doesn't have range. It's not that he's yeah, good, exactly. that bad defensively. He no, just has a bad range. Bad yes, exactly. But I mean, like in terms of defensive metrics, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Defensive metrics don't like Yoshida. Um, Jorge Soler has a player option for nine million. After this year, he probably opts out. Do you really want to go Jorge Soler though? Like, feels a little too inconsistent for me. Right-handed power. I there is that, but at the same time, I'd rather just go for Gurriel. Right, but I think another team will overpay for him. Yeah, but like Solar isn't the worst option, but like we're not talking about like the guy who's really going to change your lineup, right? You look at center, that's that was just the left fielders. They did have Duvall as left fielder and center fielder for whatever reason. Um, like Harrison Bader, like as good as his defense is, he's not helping your lineup that much, right? Like, but he, he's a center fielder too, right? Or well, I mean, a- what help do you? I mean, you put Duran in the the Duran ref Snyder combo and left and DH Yoshida. I mean, there's an option, right? It that. wouldn't be bad, yeah. And you, wouldn't be you maybe you maybe you maybe platoon him and Yoshida and left, and then ref Snyder and Duran in center. I don't know. That actually might be a I think his defense is his defense is too good to put him in left field, though. You, you kind of have to stick him in center or right field. At Fenway, I don't know. But you have Verdugo at right though, and Verdugo has been like he's been better, very close to elite defensively this year by defensive metrics. 
Um, yeah, but if, like, point. if you're talking on just, if you're looking, but like, okay, Cody Ballinger, like we've already said, no, also hits lefty. Let's see. Who's the other? Kevin Kiermaier's having a good year. Guess what? Don't care. And lefty. he's a lefty. Um, yes, exactly. And he's, he's All on right, the Red right Sox fielder. killers list <laughs> that I made. Michael Conforto has an opt out. It's $18 million. Do we really think he opts out of that? After, after not see, playing a option. season last year? No way. Uh, let's see another option. Um, Joey Gallo. I don't want. I don't want him on my team. Jesus. I don't either. Um, and another lefty. Oscar Hernandez. He's having a bad so, year. He's he? having a worse season than Gary. He's having a rough year. Yeah. No. Let's see. Um, Max Kepler has a buyout, but lefty again. Another problem. Hunter Renfro. No offense. No. He's not good. coming. They back. traded you. They're not like they already traded you. Like no. Um. Whit Merrifield has an $18 million mutual option. That's not getting accepted. But like, you don't do think you so? really want Whit Merrifield? Oh, mutual. Yeah, no. Not 18, not. 18 mutual. No. Um, <laughs> Nelson Cruz. Making no, $1 million dollar with the freaking Mariners. Oh, no, sorry, the Padres. Yeah. Please, and that's your, now we're at DHs. Um, let's see. Who's there? They're not. JD Martinez isn't coming back. I don't want him back. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, I think, probably retires in Pittsburgh. So yeah. no, I heard, I heard I heard there's buzz about trading him. That's they, uh, if I was a Pirates fan, I'd be ticked off if they traded McCutcheon. Um, you have, and then it's Justin Turner with his player option. Yeah, was maybe your best option because I, I think that, that, that's a fifty fifty. If they decide to keep him, I think that's truly roll, or just a roll the dice. Exactly. Yeah, and then like it's Otani. And are we gonna pay Otani six hundred million? They're not getting Otani. I don't. I don't get the feeling of they're give them giving Otani six hundred. million. They're not giving Otani six hundred million. That that have to be an ownership move and ownership. Ownership is it making barely? That move? They barely. They barely. They were reluctant to give Devers the contract. So what? What's gonna make me think Otani? Well, I don't know the lack of winning, but at the same time, <laughs> at they, the they, same time, they, but they they've also supervised this plan that Heimbloom's done. That it's like. And it's the it what Heimblum's doing, like it's part of me is just like why are we just like in terms of like Heimblum's brought in to bring it to rebuild the the farm system, but because it's Boston, they also wanted him to try and keep a competitive team. But he has mm-hmm. to spend money to have a competitive team, but it's a lot of short term deals now instead of long term deals. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's like a really weird thing where it's like it's it's like well, we want to rebuild our farm system, but we're going to take a worse draft pick because we want to make our fans at least somewhat interested. Yeah, that that was the wrong move last deadline to keep J.D. Martinez, to keep Nate Evaldi, to keep um, even maybe Xander Bogarts. They oh, they trade. I think you had to keep Bogarts because I still think they wanted to keep him. I even Evaldi, like they gave him a qualifying offer. But JD Martinez, even he gets you under the luxury tax, and that that's why I say maybe you keep Evaldi and Bogarts. You know why? Mm-hmm. Qualifying offer, you get a pick after you get you get your qualifying offer. You get pick compensation if they don't sign with you. Right, but is it worth is it worth staying over the luxury tax though for that? But they don't stay over the luxury tax if they trade JD Martinez. You're right. That's what I'm getting. So they, that's what I'm they, getting at. Like. I, I don't understand Bloom sometimes. Like I always go back. He was brought in 
to rebuild the farm system while fielding out a competitive team at the same time. Now, he comes with the Tampa Bay Rays, who have their model is they're the smartest guys in the room, and they're low spenders, and they try to get, they kind of shop at the goodwill of baseball, where they get, they find someone else's trash, and it's their treasure, and they turn that player into a much better product than is a much higher value than initially sold for, right? Um, but I still don't like what's the plan has 2024 always been circled in the calendar. I thought it was 2023. For me, it has been. I said yeah. since the Mookie Betts trade, 2024 is the year where things need to click. Because I especially with 20 the how the 2020 season went and during that season, it only made me feel more comfortable with that. Because it's like, oh, because I said it as soon as the Betts trade happened, but like because you kind of knew like the trickle down effects of the Betts trade. It's like, all right, Ben Intendi's probably gonna leave. Bogarts, who knows? Martinez probably just plays out the rest of his deal, um, is what I felt at the time. But like you have still have sale on the books, and he's on the books through twenty twenty four. You had Avaldi through twenty two, right? Like there were long term deals still on the books, and I always felt like you had to get off those long term deals. So most of them last year or last year. Um, and even David Price's money, the half of his contract that they were still eating, didn't come off the books until the end of last year. So I always felt 2023 was at the earliest, but more most likely 24 and then 25. I think 24 is the year where it's like you have to make the playoffs. And I think 25 is the year where it's like, all right, it's now where World Series are bust. Yeah. I think that's, uh, okay. how, I've kind of, that's how I've always seen it. Because I could also... To, to, oh, as good as it would be to win in 23... You don't want to rush it and then make it worse long term because the whole plan is a long term plan. It's not a short term plan, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. But I could also see us being the same way next season than this season, because how much of this is like, oh, we're going to bank on Marcelo Meyer to come up and be the superstar he is projected to be the next Corey Seager, right? Like, how much of that? Is Bloom really gonna bank on that to happen? He is, right? I think that's I, that's the same. No. That, well, now we're starting to see the draft picks come out. Like Shane, Shane Rohan is probably going to be the first Bloom draft pick to make the major leagues. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Um, probably, you know, I I'd say probably yes. Yeah, more more than likely. I think we see we might see him at in September. Of this year? Potentially, yeah. Depending on how this year goes. Yeah, and I know he, he was taken out because of an injury. I know you have a minor league. It, it was it was a minor injury. Minor, minor injury, injury, wasn't it? Nothing, anything. like I think it was... I think someone said it might have just been a cramp. Okay. So, I mean, my point is, Bloom's ability to, the, to draft is still up in the air, right? This The jury's still 100% out on that. Partially. Uh, I think it is a hundred percent. I well, I think it, I, I think it's still partially out because in terms of like being able to get guys and turn them into good prospects is one thing. Like that's one part of it. The other part of it is can you turn guys into good big leaguers? And that's kind of a totally different thing. It's almost like its own entity, and you can't really know how that plays out. But I think when you look at the farm system and you look at the guys he's drafted in that 2020 draft class, they had four picks. All four picks look like they're going to be big leaguers. 
all four, right? And I think that's the thing. Like he hit on all. It seems like he's probably going to hit on all four picks. You look at the twenty one draft. Like a lot of goods come out from that. Not everything's been perfect. Nothing will ever be go perfect in a draft, but a lot of good seemingly. Twenty twenty two seeming all right. Yes, Mikey Romero's had his health issues. That's fine. Other guys in that draft class have stepped up and have been Roman Anthony, for example. The guy's already the guy was what third round pick last year and he's in top one hundred list now for prospects. That's and wild. He Kylie Mc, and he made Kylie McDaniel's top fifty. Like that and I think that's the thing. Like in terms of like it's partially answered in terms of like he's getting talent. Now it's just can you turn that talent into big leaguers? But I think that's more of a player development question than a can you draft question. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, side note, right now I, I listen to everything you said. Side note, right now it is pouring at my house right now. So, good thing I didn't go to the game. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, I'll, I agree for like ninety five percent of it. The five percent is just like the other five percent is like they're good in the minors. I want to see a good major league product. I know it takes time. I know that stuff. But look, at the end of the day, if they're good major league players, and I, I, you got to give Bloom a lot of credit. But I think that's what the, this uh, ownership is waiting for. And I think, yeah. and I think, I personally think this is the last year we see Cora with Bloom because Cora and Bloom are two very different minded um, managers. Cora is just like, we want to win now. Bloom's just like, well, hold up a second. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, a, I mean, their roster is arguably good enough to win now when you just look at the names, right? You run through the roster. Rafael Devers is your third baseman, right? Alex Verdugo is having an all star year in right field. Yoshida is arguably having an all star year in left field, right? You have Justin Turner in your DH spot who's been solid, right? Tristan Casas since the start of May has been one of your best players, right? You have Chris Sale, although he got injured, but you had him for a little bit, right? You have James Paxson, who's looked like the James Paxson of old, and he is set to make his next start. So, seemingly isn't going to miss any starts in these soreness. Brian Bayo's been great. Like, Garrett Whitlock, since he's came back off the IL, has been great for the most part. Tanner Howe, with the exception of getting hit in the face, which is unlucky to say the least, was very good over the last month or so. Right? Like, you have guys like Connor Wong, who have you know, made a role for themselves. Jaron Duran, Adam Duvall was you know scorching hot the first week, but they've survived. They survived without him. Jaron Duran pretty much replaced him in terms of playing every day while he was injured. Right, so it's like at the same time as like yes, like they aren't necessarily in a playoff star right now, but they're forty and forty. When you look at their roster, they probably should be better than forty and forty. Does part of that have to do that they're in the AL East and may- maybe, but at the same time, like. The Red Sox have played very well against the Yankees this year. They're what six and one no, or five and one against the Yankees this year. Five and one, which is they're what better four and zero oh against the Blue Jays. Their their play against the division is much better than last year. But the they last year's strength last last year's strength was anyone but the division. It's the opposite yeah. here this year, and you play they less games against the, the divisions. They can't, they can't beat, beat the NL, NL at home at home. Yeah, it's that's wild. that's been the big thing. It's especially the NL Central. It's like so wild because it's like it's like 
those are the teams that you need to be beating. And like the like you look at like the Cincinnati Reds series and go, you know what? Like the Reds are getting hot and like okay, but like the Pirates, like they were kind of hot, but like you can't only win one. And you also got what they get swept by the Cardinals. So they they got swept by St. Louis two out of the three games. You blew yeah. the save in the ninth inning. Exactly right, and I think that's the thing where it's like, as much as you could say. Yeah, maybe you split the pirate. If all it takes is uh, split the pirate series, or you know, and or or win the red series, and it's and you take those two things, put them together, and it's looking a lot better, right? But like at the same time, too, you look at it this way: when you look at the record of a wild card team, you could argue a wild card team is play five hundred ball with the exception of of a two week hot stretch. The wild card team wins eighty six games, which I think the Rays won eighty six games last year. An eighty six win team. Is literally a team playing 500 and then having a two week hot stretch. That's a wild card team. The Red Sox are yeah. 500. So, in terms of that thing, if they get hot before the trade deadline, they're going to be in a wild card spot potentially, or if not, very close to one. Yeah. And you got that's the thing that sucks about this team, where it's like mm-hmm. you're so close yet so far, yet you have the talent to do it, but you can't put it together. Let me ask you this question. Do you think if Kevin Cash was the a manager for the Red Sox, they'd be winning more? Yes. I I agree with you. Like a lot of I, I, think, I, I I've been questioning I think a lot if of they had the moves. whole Rays coaching staff. It's not even core. If they had the whole Rays coaching staff, they'd be winning a lot more games. Well, I think I if think anyone did. If anyone did. That is a lot of yes, a lot of teams would win a lot more games with the Rays coaching staff. But like Kevin Cash, I, I think he's a better manager than Alex Core. I like the race pitching coach. I don't remember his name. I think it's something Snyder. The guy who always like slowly jogs in the mound. Yeah, that guy. But like he's a better pitching coach than Dave Bush. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm pretty sure their hitting coach is probably a better hitting coach than Peter Fatsy or Fatsy or whatever the heck your name is. Yeah. Right? Like like there's something like I think there is something to say like that of that. And it's like we're clearly like Dave Bush isn't working as the as the pitching coach. Yes, some pitchers have done well under Dave Bush, but how much of it is actually Dave Bush? I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe the answer is it's not Dave Bush's fault. Maybe it's the other coach's fault that we just don't know as much about. And Dave Bush is just kind of the face taking the blame because he's the pitching coach, right? Like maybe that's it. Maybe it's the supporting coaches that are that aren't doing their jobs well i don't know but at the end of the day they could have a much better coaching staff they could yeah i uh, yeah um i don't know it's, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what the Sox do moving forward like i said i think this is the last year we'll see cora and but but who does everyone's like oh hire fire bloom at this instant they're, they, they, they're not gonna do that because of the draft right um no Although at the end of the day, does Bloom doesn't necessarily run the draft, so like they, they yeah. could, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't, but like it wouldn't be. They're not going to do it, but like it wouldn't be like the most crippling thing in terms of the draft. Because as much as he oversees it, like they have a guy who leads the draft room, and it's not Heim Bloom, which yeah. might be a shocker for some people to hear. But like they literally have a director of like scouting who runs the draft. It's. That's the thing too. That's another thing in terms well, of. Well, tell like, him not to take a shortstop. 
All, well, here's the thing with shortstops. Like, at least in terms of shortstops, one, they're the most valuable when it comes to trades. There's that. Shortstops and center fielders. I, up the middle, right? Those are the most valuable in terms of trades. And then, two, you can move a shortstop to second base. You can move a shortstop to third. You can probably move a shortstop to the outfield, too. At least there is that kind of... you have If you have the athletic ability to play short, you can probably learn to play somewhere else. Yeah, You would at least assume... I think this is the year they buck the trend of going shortstop. I think here's the thing: the people go, "Oh, do the Rays don't just take shortstops?" The Rays are also very methodical with how they do that. The Rays have taken pitchers in the first round. Anyone want to tell me who the Rays' first round pick in 2018 was? Uh, I plead the fifth. Shane McClanahan. Okay. Wow, that's actually not a big. shortstop. Not a shortstop, huh? And when you see Tampa Bay drafting that type of player, you know he's going to be insane. Also went to the University of South Florida, which is in Tampa. USF, yep. If you need to know. But not like the year before, you know who the race first round pick was? Uh, he didn't sign with the Rays, but he's on the Rays now. He didn't sign with the Rays, but he's on the Rays now. Uh, is he a starter? Yes. Uh, who is it? Drew Rasmussen. That's what stumped me. Because yeah, no, he was on Milwaukee. Yeah, they traded. He was part of the Willie Adamas trade. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was drafted by the Rays in the first round in 2017. Didn't sign. Then was a sixth round draft pick in 2018 by the Brewers. But yeah, no, like wow. But yeah, the back-to-back drafts. They took, and why do you think the Rays are probably willing to trade Willie Adams? Why right? they got a guy who they believed in in the draft because they literally took him in the first round. Yeah, it, it, yeah. No, that that Willie Adams trade. Just looking back off topic, it was crazy. But they yeah, I, I get your point though. And they got, and they, but like the point is like I get. But the point, you know though, why yeah. they took pitchers though? They got them. They got them because they had a bunch of picks ar- around the first couple rounds. They had money to play with. You can maybe take a guy on a pitcher under slot, a college pitcher under slot in the first round, and then you go over slot in the second or third round on a high school guy who might be harder to sign. The Red Sox are the Red Sox have been doing that with Hein Bloom. They got Nick York, gave him under slot. Why? So they could get Blaze Jordan in the third round in 2020. Look at last year. They took Mikey Romero under slot first round. You know why? So they could get Roman Anthony. The Red Sox have been doing that. They've been going under slot. In the, the only guy they didn't go under slot for, Marcelo Meyer. Marcelo Meyer was the number one player in the draft class. He got him at four. You don't go under slot there. You don't, right? Because, and the Red Sox knew as soon as Meyer didn't go to Pittsburgh, he was theirs because the Rangers were taking lighter. Everyone knew that. And... The day of the draft, the Tigers shot themselves in the foot in the foot because they made a verbal agreement with Jackson Job and they didn't want to break that agreement. Yeah. And then the Pirates why didn't the Pirates do it? Because they took Henry Davis number they one. Took Henry Davis. Yeah. I don't know. How's he doing in the show right now? Do you know? I don't know. I know he just got head. called up. I'll look it up. Yeah, he did just get called up. But like but the thing is like the Red Sox they've gone every they've had three drafts under Heim Bloom. The, mm-hmm. They've gone under under slot in the first round twice. They didn't go under slot the one year in 2021 when they got Marcelo Meyer. 
which you're not, they weren't going to go under a slot then because why you're not passing up Marcelo Meyer, right? So that was the thing. I think this year, may it may not necessarily be under slot the first round, could be slot value. They're not going to go over slot though. Um, but I think you could legitimately see a college pitcher go to the Red Sox. I think if Chase Dollander has been rumored that he could potentially drop, actually, I think MLB Pipeline had him uh, mocked to go there. Um, you, you So look at Dollander. Hurston Waldrop has been mocked after, be picked after the Red Sox college arm. Uh, does have development, but raw stuff is really good. That could be a guy. Um, I would love Rhett Lauder. I don't think he's dropping to 14. I don't see any world he does. But like it's a, but like but like in terms of that you look at guys and certain guys and it's like they're gonna go and they're not going over slot with their pick. And a lot of it too also has to do with signability, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to take a first round pick and then the guy not sign. Obviously, you if a guy doesn't sign, you get a pick the next year that's one pick further back they have the 14th pick this year so they get the 15th pick next year on top of whatever first round pick they would have anyways mm-hmm. but like but in terms of you know the whole part of you know you want to bring the prospect into your system this year you don't want to wait till next year right um although like for teams like the Astros it was a blessing and surprise i forget who they took in 2013 with the first pick but the guy didn't sign, or was it 2014? Fair doesn't. I know who you're talking about. The, yeah. Oh, what's his and name? And then the next year, yeah, then the next year they took Bregman and Kyle Tucker with the second and fifth picks. That that's you know Bregman was originally a Sox draft pick. He didn't sign. Yeah, I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Adley Rutschman was like originally like a I think a Mariners draft pick. Yeah, Mark Appel, right? Yes. Let's see. Did he? Yeah, I don't know if he signed. Yeah, he didn't sign with the Astros because they they got the second pick the next year and they used it on. I'm pretty sure they used it on Brickman. Yeah, that was the same year the Sox drafted Trey Ball. Oh, that draft, although that draft class was kind of stinky. I'm not gonna lie. If I remember off the top of my yeah, head, I Chris think that was Bryant, like John pick. Gray, Cole Stewart, Clint Frazier, Colin Moran, Trey Ball, Hunter Dozier. Oh yeah, that was the stinky draft. Class. Austin Meadows. When you miss on a Trey Ball, but that's the draft class, you can't be that upset about it because, like, you got Trey Ball, you didn't pan out, but, like, a lot of guys in that draft class early on did not pan out. There were a lot of steals later in that draft. I think, like, Corbin Burns might have been in that draft. Or... Aaron Judge was 32nd overall. Like, like, Judge, but at the same time, like, you can't kick yourself for miss. Look at all the guys who went around that pick and how many of those guys were. Tyler you know, O'Neill. Yeah. Um, Ryan Healy, Cody Bellinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that draft wasn't awful, but like where the Red Sox like, in that like in the teens, like it was a really rough draft. In the Matt teens. Boyd, like, Adam Frazier. I, yeah, you're right. I, I think every team in the teens just got their crap kicked in that draft. But I mean that happens sometimes. But like I think when we talk go back to this year's draft and because it is upcoming, um, like. It is a thing where I look at it and I go, you know what? Like, there's so many options. You look at the mock drafts. I like every single mock draft. It feels has something different go as a different player going to the Red Sox. No one has a consensus on what's on what the Red Sox are going to do. The guy I've seen mock there the most is Matt Shaw, who shortstop is probably more of a second baseman, um, hit first guy. But at the same time, like. 
I've seen so many guys mock there throughout the last few, like few months where I don't have a clue who the Red Sox are taking. And a lot of it is, too, because this year's draft is a total crapshoot, it feels like, after the fifth pick. We know who the top five picks are going to be most likely. Oh, God damn No it. one knows what's happening after. He, and then some people might have an idea of the sixth pick. A lot of people think Teal is going to go sixth. But even if he, but like no one really knows on six, but definitely after six, no one has a clue. And that's the thing with this year's draft. Like there could be a guy who someone thinks one with Enrique Bradfield Jr. out of Vanderbilt. MLB pipeline, ha, sorry, ESPN has him going 11. MLB pipeline has him mocked to go 22nd. Like, oh, dear God, we have some breaking news. Oh, what? God, the Pats just gave wide receiver Devontae Parker. A three-year deal worth $33 million. What the fuck? <laughs> I saw the D. I'm like, <gasps> but I just saw Devontae Parker. God damn it. What the? <laughs> it's what, what are we doing, bro? For wide receiver contracts, man. I don't understand, man. I'm not going to. I'm not. I don't have what no idea. What? What the heck, man? Uh, okay, announced D-Hop. We, we gave Juju Smith-Schuster the same exact deal, by the way. Boo-Boo Smith-Schuster. Yep. Boo-boo. Although, to be fair, if they get DeAndre Hopkins, it is a very good wide receiving core. It is. For like, But, but they don't have a number one right now. They don't. They don't. That's what they thought Juju. It was either Juju or Jacoby Myers, and they they they... Want, they want up. They want, want. They ended up going with Juju Smith-Schuster, and I think they gave Juju more money than they offered Jacoby Myers. <laughs> although, yeah, which is, although to be fair, if I saw what Jacoby Myers did against the Raiders, and I was like on the team, I would not want him back. Yeah, I mean. I mean, if you look at if you look at Juju Smith Schuster's numbers, like he's clearly better when he's not a number one wide receiver. Like his only good year was with Antonio Brown, right? As a set, a wide receiver, he was receiver solid too. last year. He was solid last yeah, year. Yeah, but he wasn't the number one target. Exactly. Right? I was just about to say that. Although you could make the argument Hunter Henry's the patch's best target, but like that's nah. still no. But like if they bring in DeAndre Hopkins, you have Parker, you have Schuster, you have. You have I'm I'm high on Tyquan Thornton. Don't know how much I'll play, but I'm high on him. And then like you have Hunter Henry and Mike Kosecki at tight end. So like it is a good core if you bring in Hopkins, but like they desperately need him more than any other team in the league. Um but we'll bring this back to the Red Sox because we've been talking a lot about position players. We've talked about a little bit of draft. We haven't really talked too much about the pitching staff. Because yeah. this is a team next year where you look at the starters they have under contract for next year. I'll rattle off the list of guys. Chris Sale. Can we rely on his health? Not necessarily, but he's still under contract. Brian Bayo, Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck. Those are your key three right there. Those guys are the keys of your rotation. They pitch well, you have a really good rotation. You also have Cutter Crawford. You also have Brandon Walter. If he doesn't get moved to the pen. You also have Shane Drohan, who could potentially see big league action. If not, if he doesn't see big league action this year, he'll see it next year. He's another guy. Right? 
all those guys under contract mm-hmm. for next year. We want, and we both said this at times on Twitter spaces, we want the Red Sox to go out and get a certain guy. A certain guy from Japan who may or may not have been a teammate of Masataka Yoshida's with the Oryx Buffaloes. And a guy who the Red Sox may or may not have had scouts at one of his starts recently. And it's not the first and only, probably not the first time they've had scouts at a start. Not going to be the only time. But like, it shows volumes because it feels like since Heim Bloom's gotten there, they've been really in depth in Japan when it comes to scouting. And you go at a guy like a Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Is it going to cost a lot? Yes. But what, but at least for me, what, how I believe his talent is, what I believe his talent is, I believe he will outpitch whatever contract he gets. So if you, if you bring in a Yamamoto, and you have Sale, Bale, Whitlock, and Hauk as your starting rotation to start the year. And then you have Carter Crawford as like your Chris Sale insurance policy. Like, that's a pretty damn good rotation. Yeah. I always said, you know, or maybe number... it's not Yamamoto. Maybe it's not Yamamoto. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a Strowman. Or maybe it's a someone or a Nola or someone else. Right, although Strowman yeah. and Nola be more or Urias, who I'd rather have Urias than any other ones that aren't named Yamamoto, or heck, bring in Urias Yamamoto, bring them both of them. I don't care. You can't trust it. Whatever. That 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 that's my pipe dream. Bring in Urias and Yamamoto. That's my pipe dream. But mm-hmm. like, but you get one of those guys. You put them in that rotation, and if Chris Sale stays healthy and they all stay healthy, you have a very, 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 very good rotation that is built around homegrown talent. When's the last time the Red Sox can say that? Uh, Lester. Lester Buckles, even. 2013. Not and even, that's though. two guys. That's, and Buckles was iffy. He was streaky, right? You look at the 2018 World Series team. You run through that rotation. Not one guy was homegrown. Well, not yet. Not one guy was homegrown. Mm-hmm. Sale yeah. n- traded for him. Price. Signed him a free agency. Uvalde traded for him. Corsello traded for him. Eduardo Rodriguez, they traded for him. Technically traded. Andrew Miller, yeah. It's technically a trade. Not one homegrown guy in that rotation. And Eduardo Rodriguez was even your fifth starter. So even if he was homegrown, it's your fifth starter. Right? Go to 2013. Yes, Lester Buckles. Although Buckles only pitched half the year, realistically. Um, Okay, Lackey, not homegrown, right? Uh, they traded for Jake Peavy in that season. So, obviously, he's not homegrown, right? Uh, like, Felix Grant pitched a little bit. He was homegrown. But, like, the rotation wasn't really totally built around. You didn't have three homegrown guys to build around. You Still, less than half of your rotation was homegrown guys, right? Go right. back to 07. Like, you have Lester debuting, but, like, Daisuke's not homegrown. Beckett's not homegrown. Schilling's not homegrown. Like, that's not a homegrown rotation. Even if you go back to 04, Pedro's not homegrown. Schilling not homegrown. Like, like they didn't have a, even, I, I don't even think Derek Lowe was homegrown. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Like, Bronson, like, Bronson Warrior was what, the fourth or fifth starter in that rotation? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I get, I get the point though. Yeah, you could have, you know, a majority of your rotation next season be homegrown. And I think it's a big, that's a big statement about the player development under Heim Bloom. And this isn't more of a Heim Bloom. Getting a check, 
it's more of the player development under him getting a check as of like you they're doing a good job with the pitching we haven't seen this much pitching talent in the system at all and it's not just in the big league level it's in the minor league level too the minor league pitching has been just as good as the the homegrown big league pitching at times especially over the last month and a half the pitching throughout the minor leagues low a and high a especially has been really 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 good this is a red sox team that I could easily see look down the road in like five years and I could envision a team with all but maybe one guy in their rotation as a homegrown starter, if not all five guys being homegrown. That's how good I think their pitching has been throughout their entire organization this year, especially as of late. And just even if it doesn't necessarily, not everyone's going to pan out, but just the fact that we had the amount of homegrown guys we do in our Cutter Crawford's a homegrown guy, right? Like that's another homegrown guy. Brandon Walter, homegrown guy, right? Like they're Brian Matta. I know he's had struggles. He's probably going to move to the bullpen, but he still is a homegrown guy. Like Chris Murphy, I know he's been moved to the bullpen. He's a homegrown guy. We haven't seen this level of homegrown pitching in the Red Sox system anytime recently. And I think that's one of the big things that gives me hope under Heimbloom, that they have developed the one thing they have not been able to develop. I think that's the thing that's really given me, like, all right, the plan is at least working in terms of pitching development. They're finally developing pitch, developing mm-hmm. pitching. Do you consider uh, Whitlock to be homegrown or no? I partial. No. Not, no, but, like, at the same time, no, he's not technically homegrown. But, like, I still consider him one of ours in terms of we developed him. If that, in terms of, like, we helped to make the jump. So, maybe not technically more than half the rotation. Whitlock's not technically homegrown, but, like, Cutter Crawford's homegrown. So, like, Bayo, Hout, Crawford. And I kind of am counting Crawford because I'm not super reliant on Sale staying healthy next year. Right? Right. Um, but like you're looking at, you know, like I said, three fifths of your rotation. You want to count Whitlock, arguably four fifths of your rotation if you want to count Whitlock. I know he's not technically homegrown, but give him feels more give, home- Yeah, give Bloom credit for identifying him yes. and yes. taking kind of it was a lottery ticket. Yeah. But give credit where it's due. They're the ones who sought him out. They're the ones who said, Okay, he has some stuff. Right. Yeah, in that terms of thing, it's more about a more, and it's more so a player development, not necessarily homegrown or not homegrown, but player development in general. Because yes, like guys that you know, you trade for a guy when they're in a low way, they're not technically homegrown, but that is your player development going to work, right? And we haven't seen the player development be as successful on the pitching side like this. We have not seen it, and I think that's the key. Bayo, Whitlock, Hauk, Cutter Crawford are all Red Sox pitching development in my eyes. I know Whitlock did came to spend his whole minor league time in the Yankee system, but he really kind of, because remember, he didn't remember, he had Tommy John when he was in the Yankee system and missed the 2020 season, like, because of COVID. Like, that's a, like, Whitlock made his debut with the Red Sox, right? And I think that's the thing. Like, the Red Sox gave him his chance in the big leagues. They found him, and they got him in the Rule 5 draft, like, so I think that's the kind of thing I see with Whitlock where because Whitlock hadn't even pitched in AAA within the Yankee system. I think that's the thing, how I see it. So not necessarily homegrown, but it is still a player development success story. Yeah. Right. I think that's the thing. Like Bayo. Bayo, Bayo was signed for what? 28,000, I think it was. 
as an international free agent, and there are people who will say, well, Bale's a Dombrowski guy. No, he's no. not. Even if Dombrowski was the GM when he was signed, you think Dombrowski's overlooking a guy is looking is is giving the the go on a guy who's signing for twenty eight thousand? They don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't oversee that stuff. That's some other foreign That's director. Eddie, he's an Eddie Romero. Rafael Devers. People go. He's a chair. no. He's not. He's an Eddie Romero guy. Yeah, Eddie Romero was the guy who signed him, right? And I think that's the thing. Like Bale's an Eddie Romero guy, right? Tanner Howard, right. they drafted him. Cool. At the same time, you could say Dombrowski guy, partially, but at the same time, not necessarily, because as much as Dombrowski is the GM, he's not the main guy in terms of scouting the guy and finding the talent, right? And even when, it, yes, when it comes to trade, like the GM is the guy who makes the trade, it is scouting the thing. But uh, when you make a trade for a guy, it is more so the GM's guy because the GM is the guy, or or in Hein Bloom's case, the CBO's guy because he's the guy kind of calling the shot on that trade. But when it comes to like a draft pick, especially if it's a later round draft pick, especially first round draft picks, Hein Bloom's going to be more involved. But you get to like the 10th round, 15th, 20th round, Hein Bloom's not in really. It's not his process necessarily. That's picking the guy. Same thing with international free agents. If a guy signs for like four million, that's one thing. It's another thing if a guy signs for like thirty thousand, like Brian Bayo did, right? And I think I think like say Don Rafaela was another cheap signing. Not a Dombrowski guy. He, like he's not. I don't. I think his signing scout might have been Eddie Romero too. Um, but even if it wasn't, it's whoever signed him that like he's their guy, right? I think that's how it works, right? Um, yeah, like yeah, I get the point. Like that, like yeah, like that's the thing, right? So, as much as people want to say, like, oh, Heim, there's some people who say it's not Heim Bloom. Tristan Cassis is not a Heim Bloom guy. No, can you call him a Dombrowski guy? Partially was a first round draft pick by Dombrowski. At the same time, how, especially with a guy like Dombrowski, how much do we think he really oversaw the draft process? Pretty. Like, it, it depends. I don't like, know. I don't know the circumstance. Round, maybe, well, in the first round, maybe yes, he was definitely more involved in the, when it comes to their first round draft pick. But at the same time, like Dombrowski's more so reliant on the information his scouts give him. And in terms of like when you're trading for a prospect, yes, your scouts are reliable. But like, you're not going to just find oh this high schooler's hitting five hundred. That doesn't tell you anything. Because that doesn't tell you the level of competition he's playing against, right? I could hit 500 if I was playing against the right level of competition, right? I, that like that's the kind of thing where you are a little bit more light on scouts in terms of drafting, especially when it comes to high school guys, even college guys to some extent. Um, but like when it comes to trading free, I think it is different. Um, but yeah, but like that's the reason why there are so many people in a, in a front office. Like Dombrowski's front office was smaller than what Heim Blooms is in terms of the people, in terms of decision makers and different people. But like, it's not a one guy job. Like as much as six as if this thing all goes well, Heim Bloom will get a majority of the success to his name. But and I I I like what Heim is doing, but at the same time, it's not a whole solely Heim Bloom thing. It is the whole front office. It's. Bloom, it's O'Halloran who's who is the GM. When people call Bloom the GM, it makes my skin crawl because it's just like stop it. Um, you know, yeah. it's guys like Paul Taboni who was in the scouting 
important part of it. You're like, it's Eddie Romero. It's all the guys in the front office from the top down, right? And I think that's the thing. Um, if Heim Bloom's plan works for the Red Sox, it's a whole organizational success. And I think that's what you're looking for. And it definitely takes time. I think that's the one worrisome thing for Red Sox fans. It's like, we're not winning. We're not winning. We're 500. But if the Red Sox turn things around and they start winning next year, I think they will spend for next season. I truly am under that belief of that they will spend and that they will be willing to go over the luxury tax this offseason. And if they do that, like they can put out a very good team next year. And then especially in 2025, if Marcelo Meyer is the real deal, which I believe he will be, if Nick York is the Nick York I expect him to be, like the Red Sox are going to have a really, really, if Sedan Rafael comes up and put and plays a role, right? And he's a guy, just stick him in center field. Even if he doesn't hit much, he's an everyday center fielder because of that defense, right? Like, they're like, if everything goes to plan, and not every prospect's going to hit, but at the same time, you know, you are going to have ones that hit too. Just because everyone, do- just because not everyone hits doesn't mean no one's going to hit. And I think that's the thing. Like, you would expect a guy like Amire to hit guys like York and even Rafaela to some extent because he does have a really high floor to be big leaguers. Maybe someone like a Roman Anthony who looks really good now, maybe he doesn't pan out. But there's also some kid who's in the DSL who they signed for like $10,000 who could pan out, right? So there's also that side of things too. You know. Yeah, I forgot about Rafaela. You know, he could be yeah, the Rafa- guy, but the right-handed guy. We're I know his bat. They're looking to they need they need a better approach from him. That's why they um, waited to promote him. I'm I'm using your words, by the way. This is all yeah. credit to you. Yes, all credit need, to you. Yes, his his whole thing was approach because he swung at like literally everything. And a lot of people when they see that, it's like oh, he's striking out too much, but his strikeout numbers aren't bad. Yeah, because he's so good at his hand-eye coordination is so elite that he makes contact with the pitches he swings at, even if they're god-awful pitches to swing at. And, like, that was a thing with him. But over the last, like, six, seven weeks, he's been so he's been so good in double-A. It's like, all right, it's time to call him up. And I, that's what the Red Sox were really waiting for. They are waiting for him to be consistent for, like, a four or five-week stretch, probably, like, a month stretch where it was, like, he's having good at-bats. Because he got off to a slow start to the year, and people, some people panicked. It's uh, it's the it's the start of the year. Like Tristan Cass has got off to a rough start of the year. Look what he's been doing since the start of May, right? And I think it was a similar thing to Rafaela. Slow start of the year, but he's really turned around late and deserves the pr- promotion. Triple A will be the biggest test for him in terms of that approach at the plate. But his floor is an MLB player because of his defense. At the very least, he'll be a bench player in the MLB. He could hit 100 for his MLB career and literally be a bench player. That's how good his defense is. So I and his base running has been amazing this year too. I think he's already got thirty stolen bases, so that's another thing he's added to his game. So I think when you look at the big picture, like guys like Rafael, he's a high floor guy, so he'll be a big leader at some point. Guys like Marcelo Myers, still a long way to go for him, but everything's going in the right direction. I know some people have been put off by his double start. He's got like a one fifty Babbitt. Like he's been extremely unlucky. Nothing. There's nothing that shows he's gonna be a low Babbitt guy, and no one. Even if you're a low Babbitt guy, your Babbitt isn't that low, right? So, for Meyer, it's just like, be patient. He's having some bad luck, but he still looks fine. 
it, it, and it, and I understand like people who don't want this to be a long term thing because you're you are the Red Sox. You don't want it to be long term, but at the end of the day, they kind of need it to be long term because you can't not have a farm system. You're eventually going to need your farm system at some point, whether it's for making trades or calling guys up or replacing players who may be leaving free agency because another team gives them more money. You're going to need your farm system at some point. And after Dombrowski left, they had exhausted all their resources in the minor leagues for the most part. So you bring in a guy behind Bloom and you make a long-term plan. Is it what everyone wants to see? No. But if it works out, you probably look back and go, as much as it sucked, can you really complain if if everything goes to plan and works out and the Red Sox win a World Series in Heimblum's tenure? Can't really complain. And I think that's the thing that they need to start winning next year. Because we know this ownership group can be very flip-floppy at times. Right? You see the guys, they go, they went from Epstein and work, then they went to Charrington, which not too big of a change, but it is a change. And then they went from Charrington to, to Dombrowski, and that's a totally different thing. And then they went from Dombrowski to Heim Bloom, totally different change, like total change in philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the only worry. I think if you have Heim Bloom and you have him on board for the long term plan, you have to let it run its course. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you have to let it run its course. I think that's the thing. You yeah. Just have to be but patient I, but what's vague to me as a fan is just the path, the direction of the team, right? Like I don't know. I. I think I think it is 2024. Now I'm kind of seeing it. But at the beginning of the season, I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm like, what is is the path 2025? Because how many seasons are we going to punt? Or is it going to be 2024? Because these moves, these moves we're making don't make the plan seem worse, right? And extending Rafi Devers, you know, made it a lot more vague to me. But yeah, and we already touched up on it a lot of it. Yeah, but. but like I think I think the big thing is just like like it is to me. It's always been twenty four, and as much as it would be great for them to win this year, I think especially too when you start seeing them sign the one or one year deals this off season, the Duvals and the also too, the Jolie Rodriguez contract one year team option. They got Blyer. He's one one year left. I think has a team option for next year. Both those guys have not been good. They're not going to be around next year. Haven't been good this year, right? Guys like Justin Turner, player option. Kike Hernandez, only one year deal, right? That's the kind of deals they've been doing. They did this on Corey Kluber, one year deal, team option for next year, and the team option doesn't have a buyout. That's what they've been. That's been like the whole thing. So, like, they're going to head into next offseason with money to play with before they hit the luxury tax. And because they're going to have money to play with, They'll have money to spend before they hit luxury tax, and I do believe next year they're going to go over because why would you reset it if you're a big market team like the Red Sox and not go over the luxury tax? It just doesn't make sense. Is it a tougher free agent class to fill in your holes position player-wise? Yes. But if you fill in your holes on the pitching side, which this is the free agent class to do it, if you're the Red Sox, you go out and get a Yamamoto. Heck, maybe even go out and get a second starter. Mm -hmm. Who knows? You go in the reliever market. Maybe you got to pay a couple guys, but you know what? Relievers, you're not signing a reliever that isn't an elite closer to like a five year deal. You're only signing them to a two or three year deal. Go and get it. Go and get a really another really good setup, man. Why not? Right. I think they are going to spend position player wise. It's harder to fill your holes, but at the same time, position player wise, 
Emmanuel Valdez and David Hamilton should be full-time MLBers at the start of next season. Nick York's going to be probably starting next year in AAA. In my opinion, I think he starts next year in AAA. I think we'll get AAA playtime at some point this year. I think next year Marcelo Meyer starts the year in AAA, probably, most likely. Right? So these guys are going to be right on the door. So you don't necessarily need to sign, spend massive money on position players. And I think that's the thing. They will spend money. Yes, they could still use a guy here or there position player-wise. But I think the picture's starting to come together in terms of... I think this trade deadline's really going to show what the picture is looks like. Yeah, because they if, need... I think, Sorry, I, yeah. I think that's going to show. I think it's going to show because I think if they go out and they trade for a guy who has control years left, which, like I said, that's why I think they probably buy and sell. They go out and get a guy who has control years left, who's a piece where... who's an MLB guy that they want to win with. So, like, for example, they trade for... You know, a guy who's going to be on the big league team next year who's already would be on the big who's on a big league team this year is going to be on the big league team next year, and is going to be a piece of that big league team. Like that's a move you want to see them make. Yes, you flip a Paxton who's not going to be here next year potentially. Um, he's expiring. You flip a Duval. I think Duval definitely gets flipped with how well Jaron Duran's been playing, and you also have Ref Snyder too. I don't think you necessarily need Duval. I think he gets flipped. Like, you can flip guys, right? And I think that's the thing. I think the rest, after the trade deadline, if the Red Sox don't go on a run up until the trade deadline, you give the young guys opportunities. You give Brandon Walter opportunities to start. You give Chris Murphy opportunity to keep him in the bullpen. I don't know if they're going to send him down or not at some point, but if you they do send him back down, you bring him back up, right? That's what you're looking for. Um, you know, heck, maybe a team takes a flyer on a Joely Rodriguez. I'm like, and you get like a player to meeting him later or something because you're you're not going to keep him. I think that's the moves you're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, that's what you're looking for. You sell guys, you're gonna and you're gonna get either prospects in the high minors, preferably, or you trade them for a guy who's already in the big leagues. Like you, I could very well see a Adam Duvall for a big league reliever trade, right? I could and buy reliever back on the bullpen guy or a younger starter who has made some big league starts, but is also kind of in triple A and that kind of in the Red Sox and give him a couple starts down the stretch of the year. Right. Guys like that, I think is what you look for mm-hmm. or, or you trade. You need to change a scenery guy for the Red Sox have a change of scenery guy and Bobby Dahlbeck flip them one mm-hmm. for one change of scenery for a change of scenery guy. Like, especially too, if it's a starting pitcher or a reliever, like, well, especially if it's starter, you can always move a starter to the pen, right? Like that's an idea where, uh, one team has a pitcher they need to, that needs to change the scenery. We have Bobby Dahlbeck. Let's make that trade. Why not? Nick Favetta could have some value there. too. I think Nick Favetta might he might request a trade. I think because he it's, might want to start potentially. Potentially, but I do think he does have value in the bullpen. So if you can keep him, I would keep him. Um, but like you have like, but like you have your bullpens growing right, and you have like you start looking to next year. You look at that bullpen for next year. Kenley Jansen, if and this is assuming Jansen and Martin don't get traded, you have Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin. You have John Schreiber, which remember he's injured right now, but you have John Schreiber. You have Josh Rankowski. I know he struggled a little bit in his last few outings, but he's been good for the majority of this year. You have Nick Pavetta. Zach Kelly's injured right now. You'll have him back next year. Also, a guy like a Wyatt Mills who's been injured all year. He is a big league arm, right? You look at your lefties. You have Chris Murphy. You have Brennan Bernardino. Right, you have guys Brandon Walter, a guy who could maybe be in the bullpen, maybe not. Right, Brian Matta, 
I think he gets moved to the bullpen. He's the guy you look forward to towards next year. You look at the the bullpens in AAA, which Ryan Fernandez just got called up to AAA. You also look at the AA bullpen. Luis Guerrero looks really good. Like they their bullpen, I think, will be a strength next year. I think their rotation, if they make the right moves in free agency, will be a massive strength. And if those two, th- if your pitching is about as a massive strength, you don't need the best offense in the league, right? You need it. It's like a Tampa Bay model in a, in a way. Exactly. You go in next year. Connor Wong's your starting catcher. Tristan Cassis. You have Devers at third. You have Story at short. You have Yoshida and then a Duran, ref Snyder platoon, Verdugo in right. And then you probably have some sort of mix of Arroyo and Mario Valdez at second. And you maybe Justin Turner stays, right? Like, is it's that's the line they have this year. You add one or two pieces to that lineup and make, make like one or two improvements to that lineup. And you have a team that can compete. What's the, been the problem this year? The lineup has struggled at times. Well, improve the lineup a little bit, right? One of the other struggles have the other struggles have came when the pitching staff struggles. Make your pitching staff a strength that can happen. And remember, they have prospects they can trade. They can make trades. Go out and get a guy. It's not just free agents. Remember, go out and get a guy from a, a team like I don't know, the Rockies. Who knows? Like maybe they have a guy. Although no one knows what the Rockies are doing, right? Like go and get a guy, right? There the White Sox. Who are going to White Sox if they have a fire sale. Now I'm not saying go get a Luis Robert. I think he's too expensive. I don't think Tim Anderson makes sense. But like, and even Dylan Cease is a bit expensive. I've said guys like Aaron Bummer who like, but like you look at that White Sox bullpen. They have a lot of guys who look really good in that bullpen. You have they have Kendall Graveman. They have uh, Aaron Bummer who I really like. They. Keenan Middleton's been very good in the bullpen. I know he's a free agent after this year, but he's cheap. Um, that's a guy. Maybe you sign him and try and trade for him and try and extend him. Maybe who knows? But like, uh, they have Gregory Santos has been really good this year. Like, they have guys in that bullpen that have been really good. And if they are doing a true fire sale, you look at them. Um, I think Cease and Robert are too expensive, and even Tim Anderson for what he's giving you, I think he's probably too expensive. But like, you look around the league, there will be teams that will be willing to trade guys. Or a team that has an excess of guys in one spot, right? Maybe there's a team that, you know, they have too many corner infielders, right? The Red Sox maybe have too many of this position, right? Especially in the minor leagues. Maybe there's a team that's selling, that's looking to get rid of a corner infielder who would fit perfectly into the Red Sox DH spot. And the Red Sox can flip them maybe a middle infielder in the minor leagues. There's that possibility. And maybe that's not a deadline. Maybe that's an off-season move, though, right? But, like, there's a team that is coming together, and, like, I like what I'm seeing in terms of that sense. Like, there's still steps to go, but when you start envisioning out and you look at the possibilities, you can very clearly see a possibility where the Red Sox are really good next year. Mm -hmm. Yes, maybe they're not, but at the same time, I think they're going to go for it next year, and I think that. I mm-hmm. think they definitely can be a playoff team next year. I think there's no reason they can't be a playoff team. They should be. I think they should be, and they have yes. to be. Yeah. And I, and they have the talent to do so, right? Yes. That's the other big thing. They, they should ha- – they next – I think they argue – if everyone would be – if everyone was healthy this year for the Red Sox the whole year, which isn't never going to happen, but, like, if Chris Sale didn't get injured, right? If Tanner Howe didn't take a liner off the face – if their bullpen stayed healthy, right? If John, like John Schreiber, didn't get injured, right? Their lineup stays healthy. They're not rolling 
50 guys through the shortstop spots, right? I think they could be a playoff team if they just would have stayed healthy, but they haven't been able to stay healthy. I think that's the big thing this year. They haven't been able to stay healthy, and it's kind of caused streaks in the team. I think if they stay healthy, yes, Kike Hernandez was struggling at shortstop. The problem was solved when Yu Chang stepped in. Then he got injured, right? Mm-hmm. Pablo Reyes has been fine, but he's a replacement option, right? David Hamilton has played, what, four games in the big leagues? Like, I think he'll be a decent big leaguer, but he's not, you know, starting shortstop on a playoff team. Definitely not yet, right? I think that's the thing. Like, there's definitely been flaws to this team, but you can fix those flaws. I think that's the thing. You can fix those flaws for next year. And I think you bring back a group next, you can bring in a group next year that, takes the good things from this team and then fixes the bad things about this team for next year. Right? Like, get a, get Chris Sale, you can't rely on him being an ace. Go get an ace. Or at least a guy in Yamamoto who you believe will be an ace. Like, right. go get a guy. So, Chris, you don't have to rely on Sale to be the ace. Right? Like, get that guy. Maybe even get another mid-rotation arm, right? Maybe you want to put Hauk in the bullpen. I know he's been good as a starter recently. But maybe you'll want to put him in the bullpen. Go get another really good rotation arm if you want, right? Like, stuff like that. Like, the Red Sox have that luxury because they can spend money. And I think that's the thing. They'll have money to spend. They should be spending money this offseason. Yes, I think a lot of people now are seeing Whitlock and Hauk in the rotation. I think Hauk could still end up in the pen next year. And that makes your pen that much better if and you go out and get another really good starter in free agency that you pay, right? Right. That could happen. So I think when you look at the big picture of it, like this is a team that can very much be good next year. They just have to put the pieces together and they have to be able to, and they have to make the right decisions at the trade deadline this year, especially. And then over the offseason, they have to get the right guys. If they do that, there's no reason they can't be a very good team next year. No reason yeah. they couldn't be a 91 team next year. No they, reason they couldn't be. I, 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 I 100% agree, honestly, man. Do you know what guy they should add? They should add Dazzler. Pretty yes, good guy. Dazzler. What about Blue? Blue. I, I want to go into my list now, now that I brought that up. Dazzler. Oh, man. Um, what about, what about Gray? Gray. Uh, orange. Green. Richie. Yes. Richie. 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 Oh, Richie, and Richie. For the color green, there are a lot of minor league guys named green who are registered as minor league players. If you could guess a number, how many how many players do you think were named green in the minor leagues on baseball reference? Three. I believe there was three. And in the minor leagues. In the major leagues, I think there are three. <laughs> the minor leagues, what, ten? Fifty-nine. 15 what yeah 15 just look up green on baseball reference uh nah right what about orange i don't know i found one orange in the big leagues if you go if you look up green and you go minor league players there's it just keeps going it just keeps going she's louise i look up orange minor league players yeah there's one orange um actually zero in the minor leagues yeah, one orange in the major leagues. He's a left fielder. He bats and throws. You guessed it. Unknown. Unknown. Yeah. Do they know where he was buried, though? 
Uh, they do or not. At least where he di- or where he died, at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnson Hill. That that's awesome. Johnson Hill. I'm going on his baseball reference page. Hold on a minute. Oh crap! Guess what? Guess who's pitching in low A tonight for the Phillies? Who? Noah Song. Damn. Noah Song. That initiates his 30-day rehab clock. Yeah. You know who Homer today in high A Greenville? Blaze Roman Anthony. Oh, Roman Anthony. Yep. And they're at home. And they're at home, too. So it must have been crushed. No, Salem's the home run murderer place. Oh, say that's Salem. I thought it was Greenville. Okay. It's Salem. Um, no. Sa- you don't hit home runs in Salem. I think Blaze Jordan hit like five home runs that whole year when he was in low A. Or six. You don't hit home runs there. You just don't. Um, Johnson Hill. Third baseman. Throws righty. He was he's buried in Lano Cemetery in Armadillo, Texas. That's unknown. That's unknown. You guessed it. And they have it, it blows my mind because let's see how many how many plate appearances did he have in his career? He had 782 plate appearances in his career, and yet they don't know what direction he bats and where he's buried. They have where he's buried. Exactly. We did this for hours on a Twitter space, just so anyone I have more names. Yes. I have more names for you. Um no, I... Dude, Ant- Roman Anthony has five homers in 12 games since being promoted to Greenville. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'd say that's pretty good. Cause I mean, he only hit, I think, I think he only hit two in Salem. Like I said, it's Salem. You don't hit home runs there. You just don't. When someone hits a home run before the month of June in Salem, it's like the biggest shock you've ever, like, it's like the biggest shocker ever. It's like someone hit a home run there before June. Like, what are you talking about? Someone, no way. Like, that's literally how bad of a hitter's park Salem is when it comes to home runs. I found a, a, a unique uh, baseball reference guy. He does, he bats right and throws right. Oh His name is Icebox Chamberlain. He was a pitcher and an outfielder. His nickname was Icebox, and it randomly said. Chamberlain alternated arms during at least one game. Just randomly. <laughs> he has a 30 war, a 30.7 war, and over two two and a half thousand innings pitched. That's wild. I'm trying to find him. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm looking at the free agent class for pitchers. For starters, this offseason, it is the most stacked thing ever. I'll run you through some of the names. Oh, we'll start with, uh, let's see. Jack Flaherty, solid mid, mid-rotation guy, right? Lucas mm-hmm. Giolito, very good. Sonny Gray. Um, Andrew Heaney has a player option. It's That's an interesting one. Red Sox. Um, Rich Hill. Um, Corey Kluber, no one cares. Um, Clayton Kershaw, he's gonna resign with the Dodgers, but he is a free agent. It will be a free agent, right? Lance Lynn has an 18 million club option. I think that probably gets bought out. It's only a one million dollar buyout. 
Penta Maeda is an interesting, you know, mid to back end of the rotation guy if he can stay healthy. Tyler Molly's a free agent. Sean Manaya has an opt out. Um, like Herman Marquez is a club option. Frankie Montas is a free agent. Jordan Montgomery, Aaron Nola, Shohei Otani, James Paxson, Martin Corey, Perez, Corey Kluber. Eduardo Rodriguez has an opt-out. Hyunjin Ryu, Luis Severino, Max Scherzer has an opt-out. He's probably not opting out, though. $43 million. Um, Blake Snell's a free agent. Marcus Stroman has an opt-out. Noah Syndergaard is a free agent. Julio Urias is a free agent. Michael Walker has, like, a weird two-year club two two-year club option that becomes the player option if the team dec- declines, which is also really weird. And then, like, Alex Wood is a... Is a, is is there too, like as a starting as a for starters that free agent class is like ridiculous, that's ridiculous. You don't see free agent classes like that, in terms of one, for starters like you legitimately there's arguably what five aces in that free agent class arguably. You mm-hmm. have Shohei is one ace, Aranola is two, probably I'd say he's an ace. Or at least very close. He's at least the one. But we want to say at least number one. He's the number one. Shohei is. Marcus Stroman has been one this year. Julio Urias is a one. Clayton Kershaw is a one. Um, I don't think Sonny Kershaw Gray will leave. Is, he's not leaving, but he's still a free. He'll still be a free agent. Sonny Gray this year has been a one. Um, like, um, let's see who else is there. You want another baseball reference name? James Paxson's arguably been close to one this year, but uh, yeah, we'll take more baseball reference. Scherzer is the one. Yes, we'll take more baseball reference. Cliff Melton. <laughs> Any guesses on what his nickname is? No clue. <laughs> on, let me look him up quickly. I just have, have him on a Google Doc. Uh, Oh my god. Why is it so funny? <laughs> Cliff Melton. Cliff Melton. What's his, his, his nickname is Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's his nickname, Mickey Mouse. Or it says Mickey Mouse or Mountain Music. <laughs> I, I have no Why? idea how you get the nickname Mountain Music or Mickey Mouse. He pitched. I don't either. He pitched. He was his 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 debut was April twenty fifth, nineteen thirty seven. God, stop ringing phone. Um, <laughs> doesn't like you. No, it's oh. You know, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a call, a spam caller. They're like, oh, there's been a suspicious charge on your credit card, and I'm like, oh no, that sucks. And he's, I'm like, oh, where was the charge? And I forget what they said. I'm like. So do you know what my name is? And then they're like, yeah, you're... And they listed my phone number. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do you know what my first name is? And they said my dad's name. I'm like, yeah, no. Because they don't know your freaking name. Always ask them, what's my name? Or just hang up on them. Yeah. Or just be like, I don't have a card. What are you talking about? Charge on my credit card? I don't have a credit card. At the time, I didn't have a credit card. 
I have a debit card that has five cents on it. No, I think it actually has four cents on it. What can you buy for four cents? Literally nothing. Oof. Yeah, someone could probably buy a Bobby Doll bike for four cents. I'd be willing to make that trade. <laughs> Although I'd probably ask for like a dollar because like carrying around four pennies is a pain in the ass. Wow, Arias isn't hitting 400. Yeah, it's hitting what? 399. 3.99. Dude, Ted Williams through 80 games was hitting 397. So, like, Arias is actually ahead of Williams. Oh, no. Also, too, Ted Williams, when he hit 406, his average was 150, no, 147% better than the MLB average. A rise so far this year at 399 is 159% better than league average. Because the league average batting average is only 248. Hmm. Imagine a league average. Dude, when people look at batting average and they complain about a guy hitting 250, I'm like, that's above league average. Like, what are you complaining about? Because it's literally above league average. It's the stupidest argument ever now. When you have people who are like, Look at the batting average. Our batting average is not high enough. You might hit 20 home runs, but he's only hitting 250. It's like 250 is above league average. Shut up. Huh, interesting. The, the Pats apparently freed up $4 million in cap space. Huh. What? That's weird. Yep, bring me D-Hop. Baseball reference name break. You know there are five minor league players named Rock. Mr. Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Uh, n- no. <laughs> uh, oh, where is the... I just had... Just had one. Can they smell what oh, the yeah. rock is cooking? Okay, here's one. Hugh Mulcahy. Hold on. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hugh Janus. No. Um. His nickname is Losing Pitcher. <laughs> his nickname What's is his Losing... Career What's his career record? His career record is 45 and 89. And in the 1938 season with Philadelphia, he went 10 and 20. 20 was the most losses in the league at that time. Despite giving up 137 earned runs in 34 games start started, he finished 25th in MVP voting. What? Yeah, dude. That's a Chris Sale winning the MVP in 2023. Oh, what a play by Rafi. Uh, Arias' batting average is down. Um, And ready? Listen to this. In his 1940 season, he he lost 22 games and started 36 games, 280 innings pitched, gave up a league-leading 283 hits, and gave up 112 earned runs. He finished 29th in MVP voting, and he was an all-star. So what were they doing? How bad was the fan voting back then? Apparently, like, trash. <laughs> Yo, can we talk about... Hold on. I do have to say this about the all-star fan voting, because I wrote a column for Bleacher Brawls today about my three most underrated players in baseball, and I had to pick Alex Verdugo for it, because... You know where Alex Verdugo finished in the All Star voting? Uh, not in terms top of American three. League outfield. In terms of American League outfielders, where did he finish? He didn't finish in the top twenty. 
You're kidding. I thought it's, I thought I thought they finished like top ten, but Jesus Christ, that's bad. I looked at the June twentieth results, which as far as I know were the last results before they did the were the last uh like they gave the the last update before they gave the results for phase one, which they only gave the results of the people who like made it. But in the last episode, he wasn't even in the top 20 for American League outfielders. Jesus, that's... Let me guess, did Alec Manoa get votes? <laughs> dude, his rehabs... Dude, not even, his start in the FCL, did you see it? Yeah, I could pitch better than him. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I Like, what's below rookie ball? <laughs> I don't even know if high school is below rookie ball. Like, that's what's kind of sad. Dude, how do you go? Dude, the DSL. But you got to go to the Dominican Republic. So bad. That's so bad, man. Like, but like, the thing is, like, what is wrong with Manoa? Like. Apparently, how from what it? I've heard, he he pitched last year. He was at like 280 pounds. Then he came into spring training and was at like 320 pounds, which was an issue. Just And it was a concern to a lot of guys in the Blue Jays system, from what I've heard, right? If, it, if he gained weight, it's probably not the sole reason. I think it's probably that combined with the pitch clock because he was one of the slowest working pitchers in all of baseball last year. What a cat I think the pitch clock has a part of it part to do with it. And the pitch clock is used in the minor league, so it's not like he's not seeing it in the minors. Well, and he's not even an affiliated ball, technically. He's in the he's in the FCL. He's in the complex league. Yeah. I, I, dude, I don't know what the hell he's gonna do. Like, he, like, what do you do? Eat chicken nuggets and Taco Bell all offseason? Like, more than that. <laughs> Alrighty, time for a baseball reference update and a new player. Everett Nutter, name note, pre- name presented as Dizzy Nutter in some sources, and his full name is Everett Clarence Nutter. So meaning his name, his name was Dizzy Nutter. Big nut, big Nutter, big Nutter had a had a career war of had a negative career war, had one season. He only played in one season, the nineteen nineteen season in 18 games and was absolutely dog shit. They have his they have the his big, direction big, of his the bat. The big nutter butter. The big, the big nutter, nutter butter. butter. <laughs> Everett Everett Clarence Nutter. We're going to nickname you Dizzy. His nickname was Dizzy. Probably cuz he sucked and he probably had no clue where the bases were. He's probably he probably played drunk though. That's probably why. If that was someone's name in this day and age, I don't know how they'd survive. Like that's how Dude, like... imagine you're an oil can Boyd. In 2023, you wouldn't make it out of elementary school. Forget about playing in the big leagues. Uh, how about Snuffy Sternweiss? How uh, that name, Snuffy Sternweiss? Do they have his That's direction? So... Yeah, they do. He was a second baseman, third baseman, shortstop. Uh, they don't have a nickname. They have his high school. They have everything about him. He was a decent player. Oh, I found a guy who played one game for the Red Sox in 1981. It's his only career big league game. He didn't even get an at-bat. 
He didn't even get a plate appearance. What the, what the hell? He played one inning at catcher. You know what his name is? What, Dixie Normus? John Licker. <laughs> oh, shoot. The freaking uh, uh, NHL drafts right now. They yep, the block up selected. Connor Bedard. Yep. I also wrote a column on him. So you did. So it's on Go my check Twitter, it out. So. Go check it out, guys. Yeah. Jeremy, I know you're listening, so go check it out. Actually, no, I don't know if you'd listen. I don't know if you'd listen. I'm to a this. very cultured man. Uh, there's I a guy in the coffee. minors. There's a guy in the minors named Pee Wee Butts. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. How? Uh, yo, I would not. I don't. Yo, if I'm honest, if someone named me that, I would literally change my name and just be like, "Screw you." There are two guys in the minors who were named Butts. Just butts. <laughs> what? Pee Wee Butts, nineteen fifty one. Full name R.T. Butts, but is listed as Pee Wee Butts. He he bats what about and Tommy throws. Butts? Unknown Tommy Butts. Yeah, Tommy Butts, or Butts Wagner. Butts Wagner, <laughs> third baseman, center fielder, and shortstop. He's, he was buried in the Chartiers Cemetery in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. You know, um, okay. there's a guy in the minors named Monkey Hollinger. Monkey. Yo. Imagine. That, imagine. I, that, I probably shouldn't laugh at that. I don't know. You know. I yeah. Disclaimer. We're not. Uh, nothing. If 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 like Monkey Hollinger's mom's listening, I'm not. I'm not trying to make fun <laughs> of your son. Mom. When did he play? <laughs> if he played in like 1890, like his mom wouldn't be listening. He played in probably like 1912. So his his, his mom's, mom's long like gone, hundred years ago. <laughs> his mom's ten feet under in some random wacky old town, probably in like some random state like North Dakota. Maybe she died in the Titanic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Moses Yellowhorse. Uh, yes, that's Rusty Cunts. Blue Moon Odom. That's there a good are, one. There are eight guys in the minor leagues named Fish. <laughs> Yo, Just what about fish. Clovis Butts? Clovis Butts. Is that like Anthony Bass's nickname or something? <laughs> I don't know. No, that's a guy. That's an actual minor leaguer. Played in the minor leagues in 1954. All-timer. Let me guess. Bats unknown. Yo, hold up. Ricky Butts, 2019 to 2022. Breaking news. Derek likes Butts. But he, but he bats and throws unknown. <laughs> and he played from 29... Oh, he played in 2019 and 2022 in rookie ball. <laughs> not so rookie maybe he's ball, a prospect. Sorry, not rookie ball. Independent ball. He played in indie ball. He played in the peak. Pe- the what the P E C E O S league. The the pickles league. The peckles league. The pickles league. <laughs> Pecos. Pecos. <laughs> There's a guy in the minors named Fries. He, he played for in 2019. He played for the White Sands Pupfish, and that team <laughs> went 13 and 45. And in 2022, he played for the Trinidad Tigers, and they. They were twenty five and they were twenty five and eighteen. The White Sands 
Uh, the White Sands Pupfish are their Pythagorean win loss was thirteen and forty five. They went eight. They went eight and fifty. Eight and fifty. Oh God. Yo, that's rough. This dude. His last second year, he was twenty. At twenty two in twenty nineteen indie ball, he had a, a six. I was gonna say he hit two ninety two, but a six fifty OPS. Steamboat Williams. Dude, it said <laughs> on his page it says rookie butts over you, and then it says more butts pages. <laughs> well, Derek, <laughs> breaking news, Derek McGuire likes butts. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hmm? Hey, um, if you don't like butts, you're weird. Yeah. Uh there's there are ten minor league players named Lamb. <laughs> Lamb. Lamb. Um there's a guy. There's a there's a major league player named Booth. Just look up Booth. 1875. He was a shortstop. He had two career at bats. He had one strikeout. Um, that's we- he had two plate appearances and two at bats. Okay. Yo, I'm so happy we're doing this so I don't have to listen to the Nesson broadcast from because from what I'm hearing, it's horrific. Oh, Rob Resnander's playing tonight. That's weird. Oh no, it's yeah, a lefty. Third. No, it's a lefty. No, it's a lefty. He's That's why. The... Yeah, it's a lefty, yeah. <laughs> uh Booth. That's one guy. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh come on, my computer froze. There we go. There's um, this is another minor league guy. There's a guy. There, there, players named Hall. H A L L. Guess how many guys are named Hall in the minor leagues? Thirty. Sixty-three. I'm not kidding. Sixty-three. It just keeps going and going. But they're like from like the 1920s, the 1930s. Did I lose you? No, I'm I'm just I'm just dizzy nutter. I'm I'm just looking up some stuff. Dick Stone. There are ten minor league players named Love. There's a there's a guy named Son Childs. I want to know if some. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up a name. There's a guy named Bunny. Yo, I found. Oh my god, major league players. Um, so what? What is this pronunciation? How do I say that? It's J U N G Bong, and I was gonna say Young Bong. Hmm. Hey, Rob Resnander singled. There's a guy named Face. Just face. Uh, Half Pint Allen. Half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me look up his stats. Half Pint Allen. Um, his full name is Melvin Allen. He had a career war of negative 0.5. He was a pitcher. He threw oh. left. 
he bats unknown. <laughs> um, the Ducks just took Leo Carlson. Uh, I don't know the minor. I don't know about the NHL draft. All he's, I know is Bedard. He, he's good. He would be the first. He would have been the first round pick in both of the last two drafts if he was old enough. He's the only reason he's not the first pick is because Connor Bedard exists. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Um, I found a pit relief pitcher who's 30 years old. He's in the KBL, but it's still on baseball reference. Bong Jai Go. Okay. Pickles Dillhofer. Pickles Dillhofer. Yo, what yo, yo, this guy played in the Pittsburgh minor league system in nineteen ninety-eight. You know what his name is? What? Oh go. His name is Ho Go. His full name is Ho Bongo. Pickles Tillhofer. Nickname was Pickles. Uh huh. What about Lu- Luis? Luis Sock Alexis. Oh yeah, first native Native American to ever play baseball. <laughs> I did not watch that thirty for thirty. I'm not gonna lie. I need to. I should, but like, do I really want to spend time watching it when I could like, I don't know, do something else? <laughs> In 2011, in 2011, there was a player who made the show named Mark Hamburger. Um, what about Charlie Hamburg? Played in 1890. <laughs> Let me guess, that's unknown. I don't know, I didn't look. Charlie Hamburg was a left fielder, bats right, throws unknown. <laughs> How do we have unknown? <laughs> what about Ripper Collins? First baseman in right. Yeah, first baseman. Oh, Caleb Ward, you suck. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb Ward stinks. Oh, man, this guy stinks. Oh, here, how about this guy? <laughs> Skin down Robinson. What? Skin down Robinson. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a um <laughs> yo, 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 what the yo, what the what? common search. What the go to baseball reference. Okay. Type out pen and then don't leave a space and then type out the letters IS after. What? Crosby Heineser? Wait, what? Say it again. Type, go to baseball reference, type in the letter, type in the word pen. A pen. P E N. Yeah. Then don't leave a space and then type in the word is. <laughs> You're so. What the <laughs> hell? What the hell, dude? Click, click on it. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what the? Okay. What the? Whoa, 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 whoa! I just got one. Um, type in 
Uh, see you next Tuesday. Ever hear that? But instead of next Tuesday, just do the letters like see you and then the first two letters of next Tuesday. <laughs> this is off the rails. Uh, is there? Are there anyone else? I think I might end the episode. Uh, I'm. Got, I got an idea. Hold on. There are 14 minor league players named Wall. I'm trying. Oh my god. Swan. No, There's a guy named Swan. Swan. There's a guy named Dick Cox. Yo, Jeff Reardon was an all-star. He played in the MLB from 1979 to 1994. His nicknames... His nick is given is Jeffrey James Reardon. His name is Jeff... Je it's goes by Jeff Reardon. His nicknames are, are The Terminator and Yak Yak. What? <laughs> yak Yak. Yak Yak. That sounds like a nickname for Reese McGuire. It does very much. <laughs> yak Yak Reese McGuire. Oh my gosh. Um, let's see what else is there. <laughs> um, what else is there? There's got to be a good one. I went through Google Doc, my Google Doc. I spent like hours doing it, and I freaking left. Dude, uh, well, Eric McNair. You know what his he was a 1930 World Series champion. You know what his nickname was? The Yacker. He has the same nickname as Bob Nightingale. <laughs> How do you get that nickname? I don't know. Let's see. Luis. Dear foot of the diamond. What about 1929 minor league player? <laughs> Played two games for the whatever team. Bata knows, don't know, no other information. You know what his name is? What? Titworth. <laughs> oh, Adam Vantley. She's <laughs> Dude, Titworth. What a name. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. <laughs> Titworth. Big old Titworth. There's a name. Bob Nightingale's nickname and Fowler. Do you know what his nickname was? Yes, I... Gink. <laughs> oh, God. Do you, know, do you know what Dexter Fowler's nickname was? Um, the machine. I don't know. Daddy long legs. <laughs> Daddy long legs. Yo, that's wild. Daddy long legs. Yo, I have it. Actually, I just, I just got. Oh my god, I got one. I got <laughs> Larry one. Walker. <laughs> Booger. Booger. What the. I don't know what that is. Dang it.
Um, let's see. Let's see this. We're gonna we're gonna find someone. Um, Matt Blow, 2011, played for Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University. He bats and throws unknown. Matt Blow. <laughs> I got one. I got one. (laughs) Jack Chapman, right? (laughs) He was a big league manager. Um, (laughs) His nickname was Death to Flying Things. Yo, you know what I just found? Jimmy Gobble played from 2003 to 2009. And then in college, in college, in college, it was like summer, a college summer ball, a collegiate summer ball in the Sun Belt League, in 2019. Jack Gobble. What a name! Um. Oh my God. Uh no, that's not appropriate. Um, <laughs> I got one. one there, like, okay, okay, okay. No, you, all you, you said first. No, you go. I, I didn't have Nick Cullop. Nick Cullop. Um, he was buried in Muffin Township Cemetery. <laughs> Muffin Town Township Cemetery in Ghana, Ohio. Um. He, you know what his nickname was? Tomato face. Tomato face. Yeah, no, you're up. Uh, Indigo Indigo Diaz, right? Uh, sorry, Indigo Diaz, relief pitcher and right fielder. Um, never played in the big leagues, however. Uh, is actually currently in the Yankees. Um, minor leagues. Currently in the Yankees minor leagues. So right relief relief pitcher and right fielder on his uh thing, although he hasn't hit in pro ball, so I'm assuming he's now just a relief pitcher. Um but he's uh he went to Iowa Western Community College in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And then he tra- went to Michigan State after that, but his full name is Indigo Dunham Diaz. <laughs> oh my god, I got one. I got one. <laughs> I got I got two, but uh Lus Skitas, so clearly Greek. He went to high school in Crane Technical High School in Chicago, Illinois. His nickname was the nervous Greek. <laughs> Yo, what the heck? How how are we finding this stuff? <laughs> George uh, Sisler. He's he's a Hall of Famer. You know George Sisler? Yeah. You know his nickname was Gorgeous George? Gorgeous George? I had no idea. Dude, what the heck? I don't have any more left. I'm out of I'm all out. I'm just scrolling. Although I will rip off an NDA mention of uh, Isaac Bonga. <laughs> I will I will roll that one off. But I don't have anything else. I'm all out on baseball reference names. <laughs> Brock Stassi. 
the tra- Trashman. Walter Stevenson. Nicknamed Tarzan. What? Brock Stewart? That guy, I remember him a, l- a little bit. Brock Stewart for the Twins. His nickname is Beef Stew. Beefs? Why Beef Stew? I don't know. What the hell? Tim Adelman. Nicknamed The Microwave. That's a creepy... It's a creepy picture, by the way. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stick with the uh, yellow and orange as my guys. Um. Arft. Buried in St. John's Cemetery. His nickname is Bow Wow. I think you already mentioned that. In a in the Twitter space. Bro, oh, they man. take way too long to announce these picks in the NHL draft. Because they, they bring up like the whole front office and they have like fifty different people speak. Like I'm gonna lose my mind. Charlie Jameson. Nicknamed Cuckoo. Um Chesty Chet. Walter Johnson, yep. Oh my god, these are so weird. Oh, there's, they're doing a four-man booth. Alex Spear is in the booth. Tim Wakefield. Dave O'Brien. It just sounds bland. Dude, dude, Dave O'Brien, Kevin Millar, and Tim Wakefield might be the most boring booth ever. Yeah, so dude, Dave O'Brien. Dude, it's so, oh my god. It's so, like, cringy, too. It's like, no. Get it off of my TV, please. And I don't want to see it again. <laughs> Ollie Klee. He's a pinch runner and center fielder. Oh, God. Buried in Dayton Memorial Park in Dayton, Ohio. You know what his nickname is? He had one career at bat. Happy. Babe. He had one career at bat. In three games, one plate appearance. He struck out at one time. He pinch ran. Oh, yeah. I think I think I gotta end this episode. It's been two hours long. We'll talk again someday. All right, I got one more for the road. Happy Ayat. Nicknames are his his full name is Frederick Bids Ayat. His nickname is Happy Jack or Biddo. He had 10 at-bats in the in the AL with Cleveland, and he had two hits as a 0.0 career war. He was born in Island Falls... Sorry, no, he was born in Holton, Maine. He died in Island Falls, Maine. And he was buried in the Smyrna Cemetery in Smyrna, Maine. And he debuted against the Red Sox. He also, his last game was also against the Red Sox, too. What's his nickname? Happy Jack or Biddo. <laughs> There's your one for the road. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so that's a good place to end it there. If you're still watching this episode, uh, nice. Um, go check out Dazzler and all the other baseball reference guys we mentioned. Go check out the 59 Greens on Baseball Reference and go check out Derek and all his work on Bleacher Brawls, Pesky Report, Off the Monster, which I, I was invited to go on to your show Friday. So, no one told me about that. I don't know if it was a surprise, but now you know. Jeremy and Jeff hey. are like, we need another guy for Friday. Yeah, Mr. Taylor's been uh, a little uh, slacking lately. No, no, he's not slacking. He's got stuff to do. Who, you, you mean Michael Anthony Napoli? <laughs> he actually has a life. I'm just here doing podcasts 24-7. <laughs> yeah, we have a live I show. Just have, <laughs> I just have podcasts and a, uh, and a, a college life to deal with. I don't do anything else. Yeah, I got to mentally prepare myself for college. And I have a birthday next week. I'm turning 19 years old. Dear God. There you go. Uh, I just turned 20 two weeks ago. So Hey, one more year. So you can legally drink. I'm not planning on it anyways. Good, so. Good for you. I'm uh, I'm. I'm going to be like the one kid who's like the party pooper who's just like... Or I'll, or I'll be the designated driver. Which that's probably will be, end up being what I, what I am. No, you're gonna go far. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the forever designated driver. Don't get back spasms like JD Martinez did. <laughs> I just, my friend, my friend, just like because I was watching the Dodgers game that Ryan Brazier came into pitch, and I saw JD oh, Martinez, God. and I saw JD. It was a Sunday night game, and I saw JD Martinez swing, and my friend goes, "What did JD Martinez make that face when he swung and missed?" I'm like, "Yep, you know the <laughs> face." He goes. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Although I will say this, Ryan Brazier doesn't look right in a Dodgers uniform. He only looks right in a Red Sox uniform. <laughs> he looks wow. so wrong. He doesn't look like he belongs. To be fair, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve to be on that team. He deserves to be on a team like uh what team's just absolutely god awful? The Kansas City Royals. Yeah, but at least they have a semi-bright few, like the Tigers. The Tigers. The Mets. Oh, no, Oakland. Oakland. He deserves Oakland. to be on with Oakland. Yeah, that was the big I, he probably, No, No, he deserves to be on their AAA team. He doesn't even deserve to be on the break team. Although their AAA team's already in Las Vegas, so, I mean. <laughs> yeah. The sil- <laughs> Remember the Silver Knights? The Henderson Silver Knights. <laughs> that looks like the a horse. The AHL team. <laughs> it does look like a horse. It, does, it doesn't. What's a, first of all? What is a silver knight supposed to look like in the first place? Knight that's like, silver. <laughs> but it literally looks like a horse. Um. Yeah. If you uh, haven't, just check out the Henderson Silver Knights logo on Google. <laughs> it it literally looks like a horse. Because it is a horse. Yes. All right. I think we probably should wrap it up now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> check out um, all my stuff, please. Check out check, De- out, all the check out Derek. Check out Derek. I'll give you JD Martinez back spasms. Um, um, yeah. Live show tomorrow. Um, I don't know if you're planning on coming, but uh, Jeff, J- uh, Mr. Brown, and Jeremy are speaking at uh, 8:30 Eastern. I know you have something at nine, but um, I j- have me jump on just before them. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll slot you in for like 
What, 815? You want to call it 815? Hell yeah. 8.15 and then I'll jump on. I'll just be on with them until like probably 8.45. 9. We'll see. Yeah, that sounds good. Alrighty. For uh, what's your name? Oh yeah, Derek. For Derek McGuire. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Damn! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did on the it's first right episode. It's right in front of your face. It's, it's right in front of your face, man. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. I know your name. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Check out all my <laughs> All my columns that I write on Bleacher Balls and the and the podcast I do. I'm stuck on the Yankees show there too, so it kind of sucks, but it's all right. Um, because I'm on the Red Sox show too, so at least there's that. I'll check out the Minor League show on Pesky Report, which you are now writing for. Uh, Beyond the Monster, which Pesky Report is presented by. Yes, Beyond sir. So, so we technically the Pesky Report. We're the distant Pesky colleagues. Report yes, sir. Yes, check out the Pesky Report Minor League show. Uh, it's amazing, and I'm on it, so check it out. Also, Jake O'Donnell and Hunter Noll are amazing, and I' happy to be in a being on the podcast with them. Uh, they make me smarter, although I like to think I know everything. Which well, you do definitely isn't true, but I, I like to think it though. Um, and then yeah, check out Off the Monster with me, Jeremy, Mister Brown, Mister Taylor. Um, and we are recording Friday, so we'll have another show out. Yeah, <laughs> check out all of Jason's stuff. Check out his stuff and and. Check out the Bob Lab pod. Likewise. Okay, well, you're already listening. You're already listening. Blah, blah, blah. Check it out. The blah, 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 as Mr. Brown says. The blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. blah. And blah, it was blah, immediately blah. followed up by So Dave O'Brien. Yeah, So <laughs> Dave O'Brien. The blah, blah, yeah. blah. All right. This is the blah, blah, blah group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm sure it's been a lot of that for the past two hours, but go socks. <laughs>